Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to talk a little Utah Jazz basketball with the general manager of the Utah Jazz. He's our friend Justin Zanuck with us here on The Big Show. Justin, thank you very much for a few moments. How are you? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to hear from you. Absolutely. Just just here at the practice facility. Never a dull Um, moment, right? uh, No, never a dull (laughs) moment. Just depends on the day. Well, I, I wanted to start out with this, and Gordon and I kind of debated where we wanted to start with you. And, and let me ask you this. After the offseason, investing uh, what you uh, in the franchise did in, in Rudy and Donovan and Jordan Clarkson, of course, is, is there a relief to it for you, watching them play so well and have the best record in the league? Is that almost relieving, uh, <laughs> considering what big moves those were? I'm, I'm laughing just because of thinking about the idea of relief when you've got like COVID protocols and a compressed season and you're playing every day and you wake up, you know, making sure players are healthy and, and happy and, and playing well and that the team is doing well and representing the organization and the community. And so there isn't much relief mid season as well as, you know, the team has played and gone. It's just always a constant, uh, worry i guess and not really on results just about making sure everything's going as as good as possible for these guys to be able to perform their best so relief i think is maybe off season when i get about four or five days of vacation or something is a relief. <laughs> so justin uh what do you uh, based on what you've observed with your own eyes this season is it going about the way you had envisioned it in your mind what what, what are you seeing i see it Certainly, you know, you always hope that when, you know, work with a group of coaches and players in front office with Dennis and David and our our great staff that all of the work that we all put together to put this together goes well. That's always a good thing. Um, I think what my hope was for uh, this group that the continuity um, and even, you know, bringing – Jordan back as a free agent was continuity and even bringing Derek Favors back was continuity with just a one-year break that they would have the ability to learn lessons if we could keep them healthy and safe and their commitment to each other would allow them to learn whatever lessons or things that they needed to adjust, improve, and play for each other as the season unfolded. You just don't know. You get a schedule at the beginning of the year. You don't know what sort of obstacles or things that you have to fight through, whether it's personally or the schedule or anything else that comes up this year. And we've had a few things that have come up this year that they have handled very well and continue to learn about that so that hopefully we're playing our best come playoff time. 
Justin, Coach Snyder is talking a lot about a, a, his team uh, improving and a commitment to improve on a game-in and game-out basis. And, you know, watching Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert in particular in their careers evolve, it seems to me uh, from the outside looking in like they're very coachable. And as you're, uh, you know, um, forming a team, how important is coachability and how difficult is that to spot in young players? Um, good question, Jake. I think... I'll take the second part first. Um, with young players, you know, well, frankly, whether young players, old players, when you're talking about team building, you're still trying to predict human beings, and that can be very difficult um, in any profession. So what you try to do is figure out what those players are about, uh, what their commitment is, um, what their priorities are, how they are as people, let alone their skill level and competency to play at the highest level. But if you, you have to have both um, here in Utah as well so that our coaching staff, our health performance staff can put that group together and get the best out of them. But they have to have those qualities, that, uh, this you know, hunger to improve, um, the obvious unselfishness that, you know, coach talks about a lot and um, the desire to play for their teammates and, uh, sort of that shared sacrifice and so we try to get it as right as we can most of the time we don't don't always get it right but um having those base characteristics are are huge to give us even the chance of competing at a high level justin how would you rate donovan's leadership rudy's leadership given the fact that they they really haven't gone deep in the playoffs before i mean donovan's 24 years old could you sense from him the rudiments necessary for great leadership? I think that, you know, since Donovan's been here day one, we've seen a progression and he has, you know, great awareness of the things around him and a commitment to his teammates and a desire to improve. And so seeing that on a daily basis, um, it's frankly what we hoped and, and expect, you know, just, Years and reps in the league continue when when you're built like that. That I would expect him to. He looked like an, a, a young early leader with the role he was thrown into uh, in his first season, and he's only continued to improve from that. Rudy as well uh, with his competitiveness and learning the league and improving every single year, and you see the exact same progression. I'm very pleased that they've taken some of the lessons, both positive and negative, over the results in the early parts of their career to really continue to improve. And I think they both made, you know, continue to make great strides uh, in that area of leadership. What does it say about your team, Justin, that, uh, you know, they had a tough night Wednesday against Phoenix, losing in overtime, tons of energy expended in that game, and just mere hours later to come back in this building and beat a really good Portland team by 19. What does it say to overcome some adversity like that? I think it's, you know, again, they're showing that they're learning the lessons and being able to make adjustments and their focus. It's hard to you know, maintain that constant focus and and have things go right every single game for 72 games. So the ability to adjust, the ability to recalibrate on a, you know, a quick turnaround when you know your legs are going to be tired and, you know, the closeness and communication of the group, that being with 
coach and his his game plans and them executing it and then players talking among themselves about you know what they need to to do that night and accomplish also with the greater goal in mind is is to be at a level to you know go far in the playoffs and that's that's their goals and our goals and they have to do that by being able to adjust quickly you know playoff series can change on a game-by-game basis uh, in terms of what's thrown at you and how you adjust. So that ability to learn those things and what they need to improve and, and then execute on it is always great to see. So, Justin, as the trade deadline approached, you're sitting there evaluating your team probably game by game and looking at what's going on. And other teams, there was a flurry of activity did you uh, was there anything going on with the Jazz, or did you sit back and say, "Okay, look, uh, it's like Fonz looking at himself in the mirror to comb his hair," and he goes, "Nah, I, I like what I see." What what was that process like? Gordon, did you just call me the Fonz? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I hope I don't take look it, like him. I, he's like eighty now, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was okay. referring to the happy days <laughs> time. Man. Okay. I'll go back and watch it. Um, <laughs> look, the trade deadline, you know, not to give you the stock road answer, it's just our jobs in, in the front office is to continually evaluate and support our team and look for opportunities that make sense to, you know, if there's an opportunity to add to the team that would make sense for the Jazz and for the team for this year, mid short-term, mid-term, long-term, we're open for it. Given um, the early uh, results, or now you know two thirds into the season, the results of being very good, and there also comes part of you know players that, to our extent that we can uh, acquire, uh, given that you know a large part of our assets are wrapped up into the highest performing players on our team, and then anybody that would be available would require you know maybe disruption of that core group and the group of our team when clearly they have and results have shown that they're a superior group so nothing just made sense in that way that would improve um the team and and we were you know frankly the the guys that play a ton of minutes for us and are responsible for those results along with coach that continuity is valuable going into the playoffs you know the other teams making their moves they they see if they see that they need something or that they can do that but you know our guys have played and, the, and coach has done a good job of developing our depth that we feel really good about this, the group that we have what is uh, in Justin Zanuck with us, general manager of the Jazz? Uh, what has the transition uh, in ownership been like for you, going from the Millers to the Smiths? I mean, it, you know, obviously, I'm grateful to the Dennis and the Millers for giving me a, a start and a home that my family and I, you know, love Utah and all the great things that they did for the community and the Jazz and their stewardship and really the, you know, their mentors to me. And I'm really happy for them that they made a decision that made sense for the Millers, the community, and Gail's philanthropic efforts to really supercharge this and be forever grateful for them. And then also them finding and agreeing with Ryan, who's, you know, just been really great to deal with and 
get to know his energy, his passion for it, his his acumen, uh, his eye, all of those things as we're helping him learn sort of the ins and outs of this, that he's very well-versed and very intelligent and picks up quickly. And uh, the support you know, of us, the coaching staff, health performance, and the players has just been, it's been great. Can't say enough good things about both. So you mentioned COVID a couple of times. I'm, I'm, I wanted to ask you, Justin, about the situation with that. The Jazz have the best home record. How many straight now has it been, Jake? Was it 22? 23? 23, 23? Mm-hmm. So whatever. I mean, think about what that will be like when, when the building is fully loaded up again. Do you anticipate that that might happen? I know you're not a doctor or an epidemiologist, <laughs> but uh, would no. you think that will be the case come playoff time? I think that the NBA um, will will follow, and you know, obviously the Jazz will follow all the NBA protocols in coordination with the public health department um, with respective states. And so, to the extent that they are comfortable um, with you know whatever limits that they want to place on with the number of fans in the building, and think the Jim Olson and his group, and along with the arena, have done a great job of the fan experience coming in, um, making the fans feel safe. And it really is nice to have fans. Our players really appreciate it, um, especially our great fans. Um, there's just an atmosphere. It's just different. Even if there's only, you know, 5,000 plus in a, in a building of 18,000 plus, you really feel it as opposed to when you go on the road and some of these buildings that are closed or have, you know, 30 or 40 people in them. Uh, creating that own your own energy, especially on road trips, can be a challenge. And at home, you have a place where the fans can give you energy. So, to whatever extent that it's safe um, and appropriate as we get into the playoffs, if if we can, the more the better for me. That way, as long as it's safe, and I know our our players really enjoy playing in front of our crowd. You've dealt, uh, and I'm saying uh, as a franchise, not necessarily just you personally, but you guys have dealt with a lot of bizarre situations uh, over the past uh, year or so, of course, uh, Rudy, the coronavirus. But uh, the issue with the plane a couple of weeks ago and it, uh, you know, the encounter with birds and we've heard the, the player's account on, on what it was like. Uh, was that a new one for you? How hard are some of these situations to deal with when they pop up? Do you guys ever just have a normal day? <laughs> Just take it day by day, Jake. I was actually on that plane. Oh, really? Um, I was on the trip, and I was sitting just over the left wing. Um, so we, I don't know, it was maybe seven or eight minutes after takeoff, and you just hear this big, like, whomp. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see this, like, flash of orange. And then the plane, not in a violent way, but starts to tilt left and you just hear this grinding of the engine like wow something where you know i was thinking the other day i've probably been on over a thousand flights um easily over the last 20 years and i'm not i haven't ever heard an engine do that (laughs) or i've had a couple things you know happen on planes like dropping out altitude with turbulence and things like that or you know, landing gear things, but nothing where you're know, like, oh, that engine just went out. And, you know, in, in events like that, you know, whether it's, you know, you've heard about like car accidents or other things that where you're not sure exactly how long something happens, 
in a, in a traumatic event. So five seconds can feel like five minutes. Um, but there was a period of time there where, you know, in between us not knowing what happened and the pilots doing their checks, who are great, by the way, great expertise, very calm, um, landing was no problem. But there's a period of time there you're like, okay, what's going to happen? And that part of unknown and then also that you're sitting there, you're not in control at all, you know, gives you some perspective. But um, it was a, anybody that says that it wasn't scary, uh, you know, I'm not sure that they were on the plane or anything else. I, I will say that it wasn't any screaming or like panic. It was pretty calm and quiet as people thought about stuff. And, um, you know, I think there's probably two or three minutes later after the pilots did their checks, them coming on saying, Hey, you know, we had to check to make sure the right engine's okay. We, we think we hit a bunch of birds, left engines out. Uh, we're going to circle around and land and landing shouldn't be an issue just to let you know there'll be fire trucks there just out of policy but we don't expect any problems and the landing was very easy and you know we had a chance to decompress before we had to get back on a plane you know four or five hours later so because you have traveled so much justin uh and i'm sure anybody who travels as much as you have has thought about uh a, a situation like that and i hope they never would face it but did you react the way you anticipated, or did you surprise yourself? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I didn't self-evaluate afterwards, you know, saying, hey, would I handle this differently? Because uh, to your point, Gordon, I hope, you know, no one ever has to go through that. I, yeah. I think for me it was just more, you know, the thought that passed through my mind was just like, okay, if this is my time, then this is my time. Hopefully it's not. And, uh, you know, like I said in that two or three minutes before the pilots got on, you know, the, the plane wasn't, other than the sound of the grinding of the engine and the extinguisher on it, you know, the plane was probably to react a little differently if the thing was, you know, going into a nosedive or something and dropping 15,000 yeah. feet, you know, the, it was pretty, you know, you're kind of there with your thoughts. Well, I'll tell you, if I'd been sitting next to you and the plane went into a nosedive, I'd probably be grabbing a hold of you saying i'll hold your hand anytime i'll hold your hand anytime you like gordon i know know jake carries you and holds your hand through most of these shows anyway so it's been that way for a long time Uh, okay this might be this might be a bad time to ask this question but i'll go ahead and ask it anyway um as you go through your duties uh leading this team uh, what's your favorite part of this, and what's 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 your least favorite, or what's the hardest part, or what's the easiest? I, I don't know. Phrase that any which way you can interpret it. But what do you like best, and what do you like least? So, I'm a team guy, Gordon. Um, I like helping uh, groups of people and contributing whatever I can with, you know, my mentor Dennis and and his leadership and Q's on-court leadership and Mike Elliott's health performance leadership, uh, the players on the court. And so for me, the best part is doing whatever I'm asked to do uh, in a role that can help support all of us in the goal that we all have, and that's to you know compete at the highest level and be the last team standing. So being part of that group, um, you know, and all the other people that – too many to name that 
help our players perform at the highest level. Uh, that's the most rewarding. Um, you know, some of the parts that it's more the the worry and stress when you want to make sure, and not so much of like how a game goes, but you know, players staying healthy, players staying safe. Um, you know, our our employees are leadership team of them and their mental health and physical toll it takes in a season is compressed like this the testing um, making sure guys are are doing what they're supposed to do with their protocols and making sure everyone's healthy that that constant um you know vigilance you know can be stressful but it's part of the job and something that that's part of the role that we help here in the front office to support these guys to help them accomplish their ultimate goals. Justin, thank you very much for coming on with us. It's always a great pleasure to have you on the show, and congratulations on uh, the success of your team. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. You guys have a good weekend. Back at you. Thank you, Justin. Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck with us here on The Big Show. And uh, it is it is always fun to have him on the show. He has a great way of communicating and explaining and breaking it down. The thing about Justin is he's been on all sides of this basketball thing this whole, he know, knows the game the the game and i'm not saying the game of basketball but the the game of uh the nba because he's represented athletes and he's been on the other the management side and uh, and gets it maybe that's a part of the value of having somebody who is uh, comprehensive in that regard all right uh, stay tuned we'll have more big show coming up next 97.5 and 1280 the zone